You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Colin Woodall. Colin, of course, is NCBA's Senior Vice President of Government Affairs. Colin, thanks for joining us again. Oh, it's great to be with you, Ed. we got a lot to talk about here this week. We do. Uh, and I guess the news of the day, such as it is here in D.C., um, I don't, there's not a lot of substance here, but uh, there were literally dozens of TV cameras set up at the news conference on the Capitol lawn uh, a little earlier this afternoon when something called the Green New Deal was announced. Um, it's a, basically a non-binding resolution that's been introduced by a freshman uh, congresswoman named Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC for short. Um, she represents New York's 14th congressional district, which is the Bronx and Queens, basically, inner city, New York City. Um, Colin, what is this thing? You, you're probably going to hear a little bit about it on the news uh, you know, this week, but what do we have here? What is this Green New Deal, and what could it mean for cattle producers? Well, that is the question that we're all asking right now, because when you take the time to actually look through this Green New Deal resolution, it doesn't say much at all. It's some pretty general, open-ended ideas where they want to eliminate greenhouse gases, or otherwise just want to eliminate life on this planet. And uh, there's not a whole lot of detail to it. And unfortunately, as we know with anything in Washington, D.C., it's much like buying a used car. Uh, it's more than just kicking the tires. You better open the hood and see what the details are, make sure this thing really runs, and this doesn't tell us anything. And that's the concern because we continue to see uh, efforts like this, whether it is through Congress or through other entities, to talk about climate change, greenhouse gases, and they talk about it in very high-level general ideas, but when you're talking about something so important, you have to have some details so we can understand what the overall impact is to our industry and to uh, industry in general here in the United States and around the globe. Yeah, I was looking through this thing, and it is interesting. It is, you know, it's focused on on climate change and the environment, but it really is sort of like a, a left-wing wish list uh, of all kinds of things in here. It's like everybody's going to make more money. Uh, we're going to have universal free health care. Um, all the new jobs are going to be uh, union jobs. Um, it, it, it just goes through. It really does. As it, and it, like you said, it has no detail to it, really. Um, and it, it just, when I was reading it, it just remind, it looked like it was something that was drafted at, you know, in a, in a Cal Berkeley dorm room by the local chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. That's what it reminded me of. Um, and so we got to talking when we, we started getting questions from the press about this. And we said, well, you know, what do you want us to respond to? There are no specific policy proposals in here. Like, if, do you want a meat tax? Do you want a gas tax? What do you want? So we put out a list of questions, basically, that we hope that reporters, citizens, uh, you know, cattle producers, NCBA members will ask anybody who says, well, we need to do something about this, but then they don't really go into detail. What are some of those questions that we released? Well, we like to, uh, to, to to see proposals like this because you're right, Ed. They're all the same. They're very general in nature. They make big overarching claims, and they try to talk about how we are going to turn ourselves into a utopian society. But what they fail to do is give any details and any economic impact. And so we stepped back, and instead of trying to defend this or defend our industry, we basically said, look, you guys haven't done enough work yet. If you want to move forward with this discussion, or anybody wants to move forward with a similar discussion, you need to do a little bit more footwork before we can actually have a true debate. 
you need to tell us what specifically do you want agriculture to do or not to do? What specifically do you want the transportation industry to do or not to do? How much is that going to cost us as consumers, as citizens of this country? How much more land are we going to have to open up if you want to put a tax on beef or run beef out of production here in the United States? Uh, What is that actually going to do to the income of every family in this country. It's details like that that we need to have. And more importantly, these those details and that economic analysis needs to come from some credible economists. And as we like to say, they need to show their math. Uh, we need to be able to take this and look at it and be able to understand exactly what they're trying to say. Because we know, given the data that we have compiled for years, we have a great story to tell about all that we have done as an industry to cut back on our carbon footprint, cut back on greenhouse gases and to be able to produce more beef with fewer cattle than we did even 20, 30 years ago. And those efficiencies are just going to continue as we know more and more about science and know more and more about technology that we can utilize and apply to the U.S. beef industry. Right. Well said. And, of course, it seems like we are getting you know, new, very thin proposals with not a lot of specifics every week now. This just comes on the heels of a, uh, a report or a, a study, quote-unquote study, that came out uh, about a week ago um, by a group called Eat Lancet um, that had a variety of very basic um, policy proposals like a global uh, meat tax, I think, to, uh, to drive down the demand for beef globally. And they want to they have a new global treaty. Um, they want a new... Uh, framework convention on food systems, some sort of like um, UN or WHO uh, led list of priorities. But the, the the kicker in that one, I mean, we can debate like if we want a meat tax. They didn't say how much, but they you know they said let's have higher taxes on meat. But they the the real kicker in this thing said vested commercial interests need to be excluded excluded from the policy table, and it said. The food industry's obstructive power is further enhanced by government governance arrangements that legitimize industry participation in public policy development. I guess by governance arrangements, they mean democracy, which can be an inconvenient thing if you want to get a lot of stuff through without a lot of debate. So what do you think about these calls to literally ban food producers from policy discussions? The Eat Lancet report is a great example of the privileged elite trying to tell all of us other peons in the world what we should do or what we shouldn't do. At the same time, while they're jet-setting around the world on their vacations and hugging trees, this is a great example of that. You have a Norwegian billionaire couple that bankrolled this. This was not based upon science. And the good thing about this particular report is that we, as the beef industry, have peer-reviewed research data and science that can combat every single one of their pseudoscience points that they make. That's what's really good because it's helped us keep this down. But at the same time, it's more than just point by point talking about science and fact. It is about this effort, again, from the privileged to try to keep all of us uh, out, of, out of the kitchen while they're trying to bake up the cake. And that is unacceptable to us. Uh, we have offered to send them a copy of the United States Constitution to show where we have a right our First Amendment right to petition our government for the redress of grievances. And so we fight every day here in NCBA not only to keep our government at bay, 
but other governments at bay, and of course groups like this at bay. So we will continue to fight and push back against them because we are going to constantly exercise our right here and abroad to engage in this, to make sure that the facts, the data, and the research are actually presented, and that agenda-driven pseudoscience is exposed, and the people who jet-set around the world trying to fund this and put us out of business are also exposed. All right. Very well said. Colin Woodall, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at beefusa.org. Follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.